Welcome to another episode of Opera for Everyone. I'm Keely Heron. I'm Pat Wright. And on today's episode of Opera for Everyone, what are we listening to, Pat? We have the good fortune to be listening to a Mozart opera. Mozart is always fun. Mozart is always fun, although this is opera seria. Which is a serious opera. Yes, it's, it's a very specific style of opera originated in Italy, and he's taking that art form. He was commissioned to write this opera, which we haven't yet named. I suppose we, we ought to. This is Idomeneo. Idomeneo. Re di Creta. The King of Crete. There we go. And although he had written a number of other operas before this, this is considered to be his first mature opera. Because he, it was serious? Was it the first serious one, or were all the other ones like uh, opera buffa? My sense is, because I haven't actually read that much about the preceding ones, is that it's, you know, full length, meeting all the criteria of a traditional form of opera. Mm. Uh, but it's Mozart, because so, which means he doesn't just meet the forms of the opera seria, he advances it in numerous ways in, in Mozartian opera. fashion. Yeah, because he was just on a different plane from everyone else. And reading about this and reading what he had done with the music and the, the opera and what the opportunities he's given to the singers, it's really striking. Oh, and by the way, he was 25 years old when he did all this. Oh my gosh, he was so talented. Yeah, well, he only lived to the age of 35 yeah. and the body of work that he left behind is Impressive. amazing. yeah that we all still ooh and ah over him. So this is long before probably the most famous of his operas, the things like Don Giovanni and A Marriage of Figaro, Cosi Cosi Fantuti, Fantuti, Magic Flute. Those all come later. Mm. So this is the first major opera that continues in, well, to say it's in repertoire now is probably overstating it. I read somewhere where they say, oh, it's more like revived a lot. Is it challenging? Is that why? Or is it just difficult to stage or... Is there a reason that it's not as popular? Well, Mozart himself reworked it a number of times during his life, during the, these early, mm -hmm. this early period. And so what time frame are we looking at? So All right. he was so, 25. So I digress. So this is first produced in 1781. Okay. In January of 1781. In that prior summer, he had received a commission mm -hmm. from the Elector of Bavaria to Ooh. compose an opera seria for a court carnival. Carnival. Mm. So he receives this commission and it's very exciting to him because this is sort of him moving out and getting into a new arena. But he, he is required to do it in this traditional Italian fashion. That's fine. He's assigned a librettist. Oh. And uh, he sort of famously goes back and forth with the librettist on all sorts of things. And by all accounts, the librettist was okay. He was fine. He worked for the for the court also, but Mozart, he had big ideas. And yeah. He wanted things trimmed and chopped, and some words had the wrong kind of vowels for the sound he was looking for. So I imagine he was a bit of a challenge to work for if you were the librettist. Mm. So, he was a perfectionist. Yeah, but I mean, the results speak for themselves. So <laughs> anyway, that, that, that fellow's name was Varesco, and he had adapted his libretto from a French libretto, not just a play or story. It was actually a libretto of an opera that had been written in 1712. Oh, wow. So wait, this one was produced when? 1781. 81, so quite a long time, 60... 
60 yeah. early, some years, from, 60, from, 70 years. From early 18th century to late 18th century. Oh. Mm-hmm. But, you know, interestingly, in the version of this libretto that was being used and updated from the early 18th century, that's a period of time when librettos were reused again and again with different composers for different occasions in oh, different really? areas. I recently learned about this, and it is fascinating. So a lot of times a libretto a libretto can be set to music. I think this one, maybe they said 40 different times, different composers wow. had handled the libretto. Really? Because the libretto can travel, and then sure. the composers... It's uh, just the, the And the other thing I find amazing is the short period of time in which these works are written. The music is written for these. Mozart was infamously yes. fast. Yes, that's true. I mean, true. I've, I, I seem to remember there was some of the De Ponte operas that he would write in two weeks. Yeah, he was very fast. I mean, he kind of had to be fast in order to produce, produce the amount he did. Before he died. Mm-hmm. But let's get back to the opera. Yeah, so it's 1791. This is... That's when it's produced, mm-hmm. but this is, is set in the mythic past, in the years following, shortly following the Trojan War. Oh, right, yeah. Yeah, so set in, as you could guess from the title, King of Crete. It's set in Crete. Mm-hmm. Which and... is an island in the Mediterranean, right? Exactly, mm-hmm. exactly. And and we all know that there are some amazing stories that come out of the people who were involved in the Trojan War trying to make their way home and returning home. Think of the Odyssey. Yeah, okay. Right? One of our characters, uh, Electra. The Sophocles play that is, might be familiar to you. I've heard you... of it. I don't think I've ever read it or seen it produced. It. She's a fascinating character, and she's the main character in a couple of classic plays from classical Greece. You know, the highlight. 5th century BCE, the, you know, the time of the Parthenon and Pericles and all those people. But this was mythic past to them, even. This was their heritage and their past. So her father is Agamemnon, you know, a piece of this whole Trojan War puzzle. We're not going to, we're not going to go into the whole thing. But how it fits into this story is that Idomeneo, king of Crete, is also one of these men who left his homeland. Oh, to fight in the Trojan War. To fight in the Trojan War. And he has a lengthy, I imagine, event-filled voyage home as well. But we're not looking at his voyage, really. We're looking at Crete, and he will ultimately return to Crete in the in the first act. And it's sort of all the stuff that happens around that. So let's meet our first character through song, and then we will describe who she is. All right. First. Her name is Ilia. Ilia. She's a soprano. She's singing Father, Brothers, Farewell.
That's Elia. Elia, interestingly, is a captive. Oh, no. She is a Trojan princess. Oh, I see. Okay. So she is among the defeated people who have, because she's a princess, she's of the royal family. She, along with many other Trojans, are removed from Troy 
and she ends up back at Crete, and they are prisoners, prisoners of war. Oh. And so she's she sings this. This is actually her second song in the opera. She opens the opera with a song where she just talks about how horrible it is. She's a she's a captive, and you know the Greeks were not treating her nicely, and. I mean, not personally, but just the fact that everything has been destroyed, everything she knows. And so the one we just listened to, uh, Fathers, Brothers, Farewell, she's actually showing us a little more complication. It's not just that she's a prisoner and she's mad at the Greeks. She's got a little guilt feeling as well because she's like, all this horrible stuff has happened and the Greeks are the reasons. Mm -hmm. But I'm in love with a Greek. I know that I'm abandoning my kin and I am guilty. And so she's lamenting her own feelings. Yeah. 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 And so she's like, I can't bring myself to hate that face. And you're thinking, who is she in love with? Well, I'm so glad you asked. (laughs) 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 She is in love with Idamante. Idomante. Is he related to Idomeneo? He is the son of Idomeneo. Uh, okay. Well, that makes sense. So he he is the young man who has not seen his father since he left to go to war when he was a child. Oh, I see. Oh, so it was like a long war. Like he was gone for several, whatever, years or something. A while. And the journeys take a long time, too. In the mythical past. They, well, you know, think of Odysseus and all he he had to go through. Okay, so Idomeneo is about to return from the war. Well, you and I know that, and the whole audience knows that, but these folks don't know it at this point. All right, okay. So it takes, I mean, you have to remember that sea travel, definitely the best way to go long distances, but a very iffy... Yeah, it's not predictable. Not predictable. Shipwrecks were a real thing. Mm -hmm. Bad weather was a real thing. Mm -hmm. So... She manages, along with all the other prisoners, they are sent on a ship and they they have troubles along the way, but, but she's they she's arrive. there, but she's a prisoner there. But in the meantime, she's fallen in love with this nice young man, Idamante. And let's hear Idamante's first song. All right. And what is that called? This is Non Ho Copa. The fault is not mine. Yeah, Copa. It's not my fault. If you've just tuned in, you're listening to Opera for Everyone on 89.1 KHOL. And on today's program, we are listening to Idomeneo. And this is written by Mozart, and we are about to be introduced to Idomante.
So Edamante sounds kind of girly. <laughs> well, Edamante is in this production played by a mezzo-soprano, a trouser role, a as trouser we call role. it now. But this, when it was originally written, it was for a soprano castrato. Ah, right, yeah. We just heard that in another... Yes, yes. Semiramide and also Tamerlano had one. Uh-huh. Yeah. Those poor guys. It was, that was a rough... Um, I mean... A rough deal. Be, well, be, those poor boys who went through the procedure and then... Didn't get famous. And in most cases, the voices didn't develop as they had hoped. So it was it was the lucky few who Maintained become that. these great superstars of song, and the rest, it doesn't work out so well for them. <laughs> Interestingly, you know, you know a lot more of the Mozart operas. Most of his operas do not include the trouser roles. I, oh. I find that interesting. Or the castrato roles. And so just to clarify, just to make sure for our listeners, a trouser role is a male role that's played by a woman in trousers. Or whatever the men wear during yeah, that. Or, or robe in the case of Semiramide <laughs> or lots of different out- outfits in the case of Cosi Fantuti. Yeah, it, it means a woman playing a male, a male character. Role. And would this be a good time, Pat, to just say that this particular version of Idomeneo that we're listening to stars Lucia Pop in the role of Ilia, who we just heard, and then the role of Idamante, who we also just heard, is Agnes Balza. Yes, lovely voice. And then Idomeneo is played by the one and only Luciano Pavarotti. And this was recorded at the Vienna Philharmonic. Yes, yes. It, let's go back to introducing this character. Yes. Idamante. Idamante is the son of the king, doesn't know the king, but he's a young man and he's desperately in love with the woman who's just with said... Ilia. Yeah, how can I be in love with him? So they're in love with each other, but it's fraught because she's, she's a, prisoner. a prisoner of his regime. And was she, she was a princess, and that was why they yes. captured her. Yes, she's, she's the daughter of Priam of Troy. Okay. So when he sings, when Idamante sings, The Fault Is Not Mine, he's saying, please don't blame me for your misfortunes. I didn't go to war with you. I didn't slay your people. I adore you. In fact, I'm going to show you how much I mean that. I am going to free all of the Trojan prisoners. Oh, that sounds kind of... So, like, that's a pretty clear... move. Yes, it's a pretty clear declaration of the sincerity of his feelings. I don't see you and your people as my enemies anymore. Of course, they've had their whole lives and city... Everything upended. ...destroyed... But he says this, and he's feeling very happy, by the way, because he has learned that the ship his father is on has been sighted. Oh, so he's very excited, he's excited that his father is is going to come home. So is he going to set everybody free before his father gets home? Some of the details are not not left. Super clear. But but Idamante is, is a little concerned because he thinks the seas may be rough, and Ilia... In one of my favorite little digs in the whole thing, Ilya says, don't you worry. The gods are protecting Greece. It's the Trojans who the do- gods turned on. You all have been favored by the gods. Look at how, look at, look at your victories. Right. He's going to be fine. Right. She says. Right. Because, you know, we're in terrible shape. You guys are the, always the victors. So, like. You guys are the golden children. Exactly. 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 So, Edamante 
says, I love you so much. There's no ill will between us. Let's let's let bygones be bygones. Leave the past in the past. Mm -hmm. I want to free all the Trojans. And the next song we're going to hear. Godiam la pace. Let us enjoy peace. Peace is 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 a, a wonderful um, piece sung by the chorus and Idamante. And in this opera in general, the chorus, this would be a great opera to be in the chorus of because the chorus has a really meaty role to play. There's there it's beautiful choral writing and a lot of the emotion of the people or or certain sections of the people come through the choral music. So let's listen to this. These are the Trojan prisoners chorus uh, along with Edamante as Edamante is freeing them. Okay. If you've just tuned in, you're listening to Opera for Everyone on 89.1 KHOL. And on today's episode, we are listening to Edamaneo by Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart. big wasn't that great it was beautiful yeah and and it's interesting from a story point of view 
What you hear is what's happening. The Cretans are singing two glorious peoples united in the knot of friendship, bound together in perfect harmony. Greece and Asia. So they are accepting his freedom and putting the past behind them. And that little duet you heard right stuck in the middle is is two of the members of the chorus. Thanks to him who extinguished the torches of war. And now the land can have peace. Because as long as you have prisoners of war, to some degree, that means the hostilities remain. Mm -hmm. But he has freed them here. I mean, it's not like he's sending them back to... Well, yeah, Troy, but they're not going to be able to go back to Troy. How are they going to get but, ships? But they're or... allowed to live not as captives, but as, as freed citizens people. Citizens of mm-hmm. Crete. Yeah, I'm not sure about the citizenship piece of it, but I don't know. That, that's getting into a complex political question that okay. I don't have the answer they're to. They're inhabitants of Crete. <laughs> Residents of Crete. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, but don't you love that choral element you really get the sense yeah. of rejoicing and... I well we were talking about this earlier there's that scene in Amadeus where Salieri is old and he's listening to an opera yeah. a Mozart opera and he just is in this state of like drunkenness and I feel like so many of Mozart's operas have that characteristic or that feeling of like you know when you bite into an amazing steak or you drink an incredible wine it's just that heady feeling of almost all those flavor notes oh it's just and mozart (laughs) i feel like mozart is like that for me yes yes i agree i agree are you ready to meet another character yes yes well a woman is going to come in and she's going to just try to bring the mood down entirely is she uh she's a a trojan or no she's a princess Ooh, of crete no she's a princess of uh well, she's Electra. Oh, okay. And she's she comes in all glamorous and haughty mm-hmm. and says, Prince, my lord, you offend all of Greece by setting the Trojans free. Oh. Because you're giving quarter to the enemy. Oh. She she wants to make sure that the Greeks stay in the high position and mm-hmm. the Trojans are subdued and let to know that they were defeated. Right. She doesn't want to put the past behind her, which is actually interesting when you think about it, because if you do know the story of Electra later on, the famous story that uh, Sophocles will write, and I think Aeschylus may actually do a version of, of the Electra story as well, she's going to return to her homeland and need to um, settle the score with her own mother. Do you want to hear the Electra story in brief? Yeah. She, she kind of loses it. In the, it, they're they're yeah. very powerful plays, very powerful plays. But she and her brother work together to get revenge on their mother. Okay. Because their mother and their now stepfather have conspired together to murder. To murder them. The father, Agamemnon. Oh, Agamemnon, right. So it's Electra and what's her brother's name? Orestes. Okay. So Orestes and Electra conspire together to murder... Their own mother. Clytemnestra, their own mother, and the stepfather. and um, To spare Agamemnon, their father. To, uh, so to, to get revenge don't. on the fact that they murdered Agamemnon. Oh, they did it. They did murder yes, when he So Agamemnon, when he's another one of these guys coming back from the Trojan, Trojan War. When he returns home from the Trojan War, he's murdered uh, by his wife and Electra, stepfather. Electra's mom. Clytemnestra. Clytemnestra, okay. 
Yeah, you don't need to remember all these names. But, you know, she would argue she has every reason to get revenge on him because he, A, before he set sail for the Trojan War, he sacrificed one of their daughters to the gods. Oh. Yeah. So she held a grudge over that, as one would. Sure. <laughs> and when he returns home from Troy, he's got a concubine in tow. Oh. Uh, yeah. So That's tough. Not everyone, not anyone, I think, comes off looking well in this story, but it's... It's a known and retold story. So then Electra goes back to her mother so this and has is, to deal with that. Right. Anyway. So this is Electra before she returns back to her homeland. To and, try and patch things up with her mother. And by patch things up, murder is what we mean. Okay. All right. <laughs> There's a lot of names going on and a lot of different things. Yeah, don't worry about and... it. Don't worry about it. But so at this point, she is a princess feeling very entitled and just disgusted with Idamante for showing compassion towards these Trojans, because after all, they are the enemy. They have been defeated. They should be treated as slaves and, and captives. They should remain enslaved, because that's what the, you did at this time in world history, in this part of the world. You enslaved, you know, that's how slaves, slaves, there was not a racial component to being a slave. You, it's, those were the people who were defeated in war. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's what happened. You were enslaved. And so... Let's hear Electra, her first bit, it's more of a spoken piece recitative, but let's hear her first aria. And it's, it's in fact known by this fabulous identification, her rage aria. Oh, yeah. oh, yeah. Well, nothing like a good rage aria. A good rage aria. And no one can rage like Electra. She's going to outdo this one later on, but let's let's get going with how angry she is. Okay. And so this is the introduction of Electra on... Idomeneo by Mozart on Opera for Everyone on 89.1 KHOL. And this is the song, Estinto e Idomeneo. Is Idomeneo dead?
I love a good rage aria. <laughs> Don't we all? <laughs> <laughs> so that was Elethra, and she's not happy. She's not happy. Well, uh, you remember the title? Is Idomeneo dead? Is he dead? Um, and Ar Arbace, who is one of the advisors to the king, one of mm -hmm. the sort of head ministers, um, has said what Mars could not achieve, and we all know who Mars, Mars is. the god of war. What Mars could not achieve until now, the inexorable god Neptune. The god of the sea? Really? Yes, really. Yes, really. Also known as Poseidon, if right? you're in a mind to be in a Greek view, but I'm guessing because of the Italian, the Latin influence. Anyway, Neptune in this opera. Okay, so Mars and Neptune are the same. No, wait, no. Mars and, no, so Neptune and Poseidon are the same god. Neptune in Latin mm -hmm. and Poseidon in Greek. Right, and Mars is the Latin, Latin version. And do you know the Greek? No. Aries. Oh. Fascinating. 
fascinating. I still remember that from my ninth you know, grade English class. You know class. what that was, Pat? <laughs> <laughs> Knowledge bomb. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So what Mars could not achieve until now, the inexorable god Neptune has done. And the noblest of heroes I now learn was drown near a foreign shore. Oh. So this, you know, the rough seas, unpredictable. Yep. Mm -hmm. And so he's gotten some intelligence that this this sh ship has been in tough shape. and In peril. And by the way, the ship is also, you know, in rough seas now. It was sighted, but they're in some trouble. Um, but really, Elettra just says he's dead. Well, you know what that means. That means that Idamante can do what he wants with these slaves. Because he's the king. He can he can free them because there's going to be nobody to show parental guidance and sense. It's not like his father's going to come back and say, no, 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 no. I didn't fight a war so you could free those people. Right. Which is what she was counting on. Because, you know, Eletra is intending to marry Idamante. Idamante? Yes. Oh. Okay. Well, she's she's a Greek princess. Yeah, and he's a and Greek he, prince. That royal blood, it makes all the sense in the world. Yeah. Yeah. Good family, good family. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, and and she she hears that Idomeneo is dead and she doesn't go, "Oh, this is so sad for Crete." She doesn't say, "This is terrible for El She's like, "How does this affect me?" Well, uh -huh. This means there's no shadow of a hope for me. I shall see a Trojan slave share the throne and the bridal bed. Uh oh, this doesn't sound good. For, no. So for she and she just she works herself up into a lather, as you could hear. Yes. Um, and shame, she... fury, grief. I can bear it no more. She says. Ooh. And she ends by saying. Let her who stole that heart, which betrayed mine, feel my fury and the cruelty of my revenge. Vendetta e crudelta. <laughs> indeed, indeed. <laughs> so that's uh, Electra. Yeah. Nice you... to meet you, Electra. <laughs> a pleasure. You're, I'm sure. you're whipped into a frenzy there. <laughs> she absolutely, absolutely is. Well, then we're going to turn to what's actually happening, and the chorus is going to like go, yeah, sweetheart, we're not really concerned about your little problems. Because there's a ship that's in... There's, there's a ship in peril. There's mm -hmm. a terrible storm out at the sea, and, and, and everything's crashing, and it's just miserable. And, mm -hmm. and this is all reflected in, in the music, and we are going to... Um, meet another character that we haven't met who, yet. Who are we going to meet, Pat? The titular character. Idomeneo. Idomeneo. And um, he is actually not dead. As That's you... good. <laughs> yeah, it's, oh, it's always better to meet them that way. It would way. be a short opera if he were. <laughs> well, you never know. Maybe he would come back as a ghost. You never know. You never know. He's going to come back and um, we're actually going to do his second song as well. The first one, he he simply he kind of shows up, and he shows up with um, some of the other guys from the ship, uh -huh. and he says, "We're safe at last." Oh, you who braved the wrath of Mars, here we are again—the mm -hmm. wrath of Mars and Neptune—and followed me loyally into victory and hardship. Leave me here alone to breathe. In other words, 
I need some time to myself, boys. Mm -hmm. Just let me. He needs some time for self-care. He's going to do like maybe an olive oil facial something. Maybe get a massage. Maybe sing a bit. Maybe sing a bit. Get his nails done. (laughs) Yeah. No one one is going to be there. And uh, he's going to reflect a little bit on what got him to this point. Mm. Because he has a very special relationship with Neptune, the god of the sea. And he's going to let us know just a tiny bit of that um, in this first song, the one we're not going to hear, and then we're going to hear more about it in the second song. But I'll bring you up to speed. And he's going to say, that was an insane and atrocious vow you required me to make, Neptune. It was a cruel oath. Which of the gods preserves my lie? Which of you will help me? So he's he's making a plea. Please help me get out of this oath from that Neptune required of me. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah. So let's listen to the the second bit that he sings. I think it's the first proper aria that he does. Mm-hmm. And it's Vedromi intorno. Yes. What horror! What horror! So he's, he's, you know what, let me just tell you what this oath was. Okay. This oath was uh, that Neptune was going to basically drown him at sea. And he's like, Neptune says, okay, I won't drown you, but you have to make me a promise. Mm -hmm. You have to swear an oath to me. Mm -hmm. When you reach your home shores, Mm -hmm. I require a sacrifice. Uh, Another one. The gods require sacrifices. Oh, yeah. When you, and you, you know, remember Neptune gets quite a number of sacrifices. Think of all the shipwrecks and mm-hmm. storms at sea and yeah. So the person you must sacrifice, the first person you see when you land on your home shores. Ooh. So and, who does he see? Well, we don't know yet. He's alone. I mean, the guys who are on the ship with him don't count, right? Because right. they've been with him the whole time. Mm-hmm. So he's like, leave me alone. And he sings this song entirely alone on the stage. And he says, I am so sad that I was required to make this oath. I shall see about me all of my living days a lamenting ghost that night and day will cry, I am innocent. So he's he's in terror of the fact that he's re- going to be required to kill an innocent person to fulfill his vow to the god Neptune. And that's what this aria is about. His lament. And then and then we'll find out who he first okay. sees. Okay. All right, if you've just tuned in, you're listening to Opera for Everyone on 891 KHOL. And on today's program, we are listening to Idomeneo by Mozart.
Ladies and gentlemen, yes, is Luciano Pavarotti in the title role of Idomeneo on Opera for Everyone on 89.1 KHOL. And where are we in this story, Pat? Well, the king has finally returned to his homeland, Crete, mm-hmm. after a long and perilous journey home from the Trojan War, where the Greeks have been victorious. He has sent ahead of him all of these prisoners. prisoners. Uh, among them, Elia, the princess, mm-hmm. uh, who has uh, taken a shine to his son, mm-hmm. Idamante, and it's, yes. the feelings are mutual. Which but, is always nice, because sometimes in opera, that's not the case. That's true, but but they are also, you know, enemies from this mm-hmm. horrific war. At any rate, Ido, Idomeneo mm-hmm. has landed on the shore and he is lamenting this horrible oath he was required to take uh, to, for Neptune to spare his life, that he would provide a sacrifice to Neptune once he returned home. Mm-hmm. And, and In the form of the first person he lays eyes on. Exactly. And he's spending this time. I mean, he's really being very clear that there's going to be this ghost who was going to reproach him all of his life because he has to kill an innocent person to see to satisfy Neptune. Oh, okay. Uh, What horror, what grief. And right at the end, he says, here, alas, is the unfortunate victim. He sees a a man in the distance. um, And he curses the gods again, savage, unjust gods, detestable altars. Well, any guesses as to who this person is walking up? I mean, if I were going to guess, I would say it is his son. Of course it's his son. Right. Of course it's his son, because the, the gods have a sense of humor. Yeah. Or something like that. Or, yeah, I mean, it's fated. It's his destiny. It's just a mess. Yeah, it's a it's a complete mess. But um, Edamante is kind of strolling up, and Edamante is a good person. Mm-hmm, he's super excited. And so he sees someone who's clearly just survived the a ocean. horrible ocean journey. Exactly. And he comes up and he says, oh, this poor man, there's a wrecked ship over there. 
Oh, how can I help you? I, I'm, I'm, I'm somebody who could really be of help to you. What can mm. I do? And the man says, oh, um, I want a grilled cheese sandwich. <laughs> he doesn't say he wants a grilled cheese sandwich, <laughs> but that might have been a better answer. I want, I want a grilled cheese and tomato soup. <laughs> but um, he, he, Edamante asks him, oh, do you know Edomaneo by any chance? You know, you were coming from the same direction he was. Mm. And he says, well, who's Edomaneo to you? Well, he says, he's my father. At which point you can imagine what's going through Edomaneo's head. Yeah, his stomach drops. Because he left when um, Edomante was a child, uh, so yeah. he didn't recognize him instantly. And it's heartbreaking. Mm. Because in the moment that Edomaneo realizes this is his son. Mm -hmm. How is he behaving to his son? Like, oh, my son, I missed you. I'm so proud of you. Good to see you. Glad to be home. Right. None of that. Right. He's instantly cold and distant, turning his back to his son. And it's like a knife going through Idamante's heart. Metaphorically, not actually. Right. At this point. But he's, it's just heartbreaking yeah because he wanted to you know like, run like, into his arms and... rejection from daddy here yeah it's sad it's yeah. very sad um and he he can't understand like how did i offend him how did i offend him so let's listen to idamante's song my beloved father i find you only to lose you once more. Oh, poor Edamonte. I know. It's, okay. it's pretty sad. So this is kind of his lament. Yes. And this is um, Edamonte in Ido Meneo by Mozart. And this is Il Padre Adorato.
So that was Edamonte. Poor Edamonte. He's sad. He's so happy to see his father. He scorns me and flees from me, trembling with horror. What have I done wrong? He wonders. What what's so what did what's bad about me? Why doesn't my father like me? I thought I would die of joy and love when I saw my father again. But cruel God's grief is killing me. I mean, this is very heartrending. Yeah. And by the way, this whole dynamic of the rejection of the father and the, the confusion and heartbreak of the son, this is going to carry on for quite a while in the opera, scene after scene. Mm. Yeah, it's a little rough. <laughs> but um, it will resolve. Okay. So we'll end the first half of our show with that and stay tuned for the second half to see what happens next on Opera for Everyone on 89.1 KHOL. You're listening to Opera for Everyone, a radio show and podcast that makes opera understandable, accessible, and enjoyable for a mainstream audience. It airs Sundays from 9 to 11 a.m. Mountain Time on 89.1 KHOL in Jackson, Wyoming. KHOL is Wyoming's only community radio station. Opera for Everyone is hosted by me, Keely Heron. And me, Pat Wright. If you like what you hear, please subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or SoundCloud. And like our Facebook page, Opera for Everyone, where you can also send us a message. Thank you for listening. Thanks for listening. And we hope you enjoy the second half of today's episode. Welcome back to the second half of today's episode of Opera for Everyone. I'm Keely Heron. I'm Pat Wright. And on today's episode, we are listening to Mozart's Idomeneo. And we are just closing out the first half. And we're going to listen to this lovely piece of choral music by the people of Crete, giving thanks to the god Neptune for bringing home their king, our title character, Idomeneo.
If you've just tuned in, you're listening to Opera for Everyone on 89.1 KHOL, and I'm Keely Heron. I'm Pat Wright. And on today's episode of Opera for Everyone, we're listening to... Idomeneo by Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart. It's pretty glorious, Pat, I have to admit. Yes. Yes, it is. And and this is it's such an interesting opera called Mozart's first mature opera. It's first one that really puts him on the map. Mm-hmm. It's a special commission for him, but it's it's also an important opera for many say marking the transition between 17th and 18th century opera and then the kind of opera that we move into as we move towards the 19th century. Oh, right, yeah. A lot of the elements, we haven't heard it yet, but there's going to be a fabulous trio the coming up and there's going to be an exquisite quartet. Nice. Not typically part of opera seria at this point. Oh, okay. And he also does these incredibly smooth transition where the chords or the notes are chords at the end of what you would consider one piece of music becomes the beginning notes or chords right, for the next, the next bit. And so it, it blends much more smoothly than was ordinary and customary up to this point. In old school opera. In old school opera, if we can call Mozart new school. But but we sort of could. And he's also taking advice from this grandmaster Gluck. And we're going to have to spend some time looking at Gluck later on here on Opera for Everyone, I think, because he's really the first person saying we need to change things we need to fix things and make it better and and Mozart does pick up some of the uh, advice that Gluck is handing out really and you remember we talked about the one other time we have talked about Gluck on this show was when we talked about Salieri because Salieri was one of his pupils oh Salieri was one of Gluck's pupils yes ah I didn't didn't know that so we just if if you've been listening to all of the Opera for Everyone episodes, this will make sense. And otherwise, don't worry about it. And otherwise, go back and subscribe to our podcast on iTunes and listen to the one about Mozart and Salieri, right? That's right. There you go. There you go. Solving problems all over the place, Pat. <laughs> yes. Yes, you are. Well, that was our chorus, the final song in the first act. Mm-hmm. And interesting, they're singing all these praises to Neptune. But you remember what Edomeneo was just saying about Neptune. He was like, darn you, Neptune. Yeah, he was pretty mad at Neptune for extracting this horrible vow Neptune from is an extortionist. That he is. He That he is. And uh, it's Opera Helmet quiz oh. time, which you love. Keely, why don't you just make sure we all know what the Opera Helmet quiz well, is? Well, I don't even know how it became the Opera Helmet quiz. You named it. I guess because as we enter the second half of the show, we need to recap what happened in the first half, just yes. in case you've just turned it, tuned in uh, at the top of the hour here. So the Opera Helmet quiz is where I put on a helmet because I try to remember what the heck has happened and sometimes things get ugly. You always do a shockingly good job. Shocking. That's because the <laughs> I don't know I don't have to remember it for more than an hour. Okay, so here goes. All right, so we are set in the mythical past in Crete, which is part of what is Greece, and uh, it's sort of eighth century BCE, fifth century BCE. No, I think it's like twelfth or thirteenth, but that's not important. Okay, so a long, long time in it's the mythical just past after what. Very famous event. The Trojan War. That's what matters. And we are set on the Isle of Crete, and uh, we are awaiting the return of the king of Crete, Idomeneo, and his arrival is imminent, 
He is on a ship on his way back from Troy, where he has been victorious and vanquished the Trojans, many of whom he has sent ahead of him on a ship which has arrived safely in Crete. And uh, upon their arrival, the princess Ilia disembarked and quickly fell in love with Idamante, who is Idomeneo's son. And even though they are ill-fated lovers because they are from warring families, uh, she's a prisoner, princess of Troy, and he is the prince of Crete. Um, they fall in love, and as they're awaiting the return of Idomeneo, Idamante declares his love for Ilia and says, I will prove my love to you by freeing your people. So you will no longer be prisoners. You will be residents of Crete. And this enrages Electra, who thinks that that's a crazy thing because she wants to marry Idamante and she sees herself as the future queen of Crete. And because she is a princess, she's a, a Greek princess, so it makes sense, you know, she should marry a prince and two families would come together. But, <laughs> but there's always a but. But there's always a but. So he's in love with Ilya. And so she sings this rage aria about how she's going to get revenge on Ilya because she stole Idomante's heart and screwed everything up. And then shortly after that, Idomeneo returns and he is just ahead of, you know, he's he's the lead ship in the flotilla or whatever they are uh, in the fleet. And he says to his second-hand men, his right-hand men, go ahead of me, I need some time to be by myself, during which time he sings his aria about how cruel Neptune is because Neptune has forced him to swear an oath that upon his return to Crete, in return for Neptune's granting him safe passage across the sea, that he would kill the first person that he sees. And so as he lands on Crete, he sees a man off in the distance, the man approaches, and he says, so who are you? And Idamante, his son, says, I'm your son. And then Idomeneo really gets bummed out because he doesn't want to have to kill his son. And then I forget what else happened. That was the end. Oh, then Idamante said, why are you being so mean to me? I thought that we were going to have this joyous reunion and you are turning your back on me and being really cold. And now I've got to, you know, I'm going to have a, a major complex for the rest of my life and you're going to pay for this in therapy. <laughs> That's exactly right. And the people of Crete, unaware of this vow that this is not known to them, it's not known to anyone at this point other than Idomeneo himself, mm -hmm. they're all just shouting cry you know they're, they're shouting like, joy yay neptune you brought our king back That's exactly awesome. high fives all around exactly there's all this celebration so there's all this celebration and there's this tremendous grief and sadness with most of our main characters because, because idomeneo knows he has to kill his son idomante doesn't know why his dad doesn't love him electra's bummed out because she's in love with idomante and wants to be queen but idomante is in love with Ilya. Is Ilya happy? Does she have any clue that... She's kind of unhappy with the fact that she's fallen in love with this Greek man, and the Greeks have just destroyed their world. Mm. So she's um, conflicted. She's conflicted, and, and but she's been conflicted straight through, so that, that was not a new development for her. Okay. And there we are. And So that's the opera helmet quiz. That is the opera I, helmet quiz. I didn't quiz. get 100% because I got the centuries wrong, and I also couldn't remember <laughs> at first why... You know what? 
You got a check plus. Okay. <laughs> Four helmets, not five. <laughs> We're not going to grade you. I think you did great. Thanks. I think you did great. I'm I'm very pleased. Thanks, no. Pat. Well, you're a good teacher. Aw, thanks, Keely. So, so what's you know what next? I love about the beginning of Act Two? What? Ida Mineo more or less does his own opera helmet quiz. He reviews a few of the salient facts. Oh, good. As he, right? As he's talking to his high minister, Arbace. Uh-huh. And Arbace, you know, the one who thought maybe he was dead previously. Right. And Arbace can see that something's wrong with his boss. And Idomeneo goes ahead and explains, well, Neptune, like you guys may be thanking him, but he forced me to vow that I would offer him a human sacrifice. And he explains, it's got to be the first person I see. Who did I see? Of course, it's my son. And and then Idomeneo just says to Arbace, help me figure this yeah, out, what buddy. What do, do we do? And Arbace says, I know. Let's find him another place to live. Let's Let's send him away to another land. Let's get him away from here. That'll work. Because and, Neptune won't know that he's gone, or? Well, then Idomeneo says, great idea. Let's send him to Argos. We need to send Electra back to Argos anyway. Let's make him her escort. It'll be perfect. Now, you just pointed out the obvious fact that how are you going to get anywhere from Crete? On a boat. On a boat. Well, that's going to work out great. Because that's kind of where Neptune lives, quote unquote, <laughs> that's right? That, that's his turf, as it He's were. He's the god of the sea. <laughs> so, exactly. Mm. Yeah, so it's maybe not a fully thought out plan. And plus, we all know how well it works out when you try to defy the gods. Usually not real well. Usually not real well. Usually, like, your plan to outsmart the gods is just... Futile. Is, is futile. And so it will be. And so. But it will not be necessarily like a classic Greek drama either, because this, after all, is the 18th century. Right. So they've evolved. And you know what we like in our operas in the 18th century? We like happy endings. Oh, I was going to say champagne, but. Well, you always say champagne. <laughs> when in doubt, champagne. Champagne for everyone. Yes. Happy endings. Okay. Again, you can get it on our podcast. You remember Semiramide? Yeah, it was all sad. And then all of a sudden at the end, they got married and it was like, yay. Yay. Happy ending. Yeah, there may be a little bit of that going on here as well. Okay. Well, don't spoiler alert, Pat. Don't spoil the ending. Okay, I won't spoil the ending. Okay, so what happens next? Okay, so what happens next? Arbace gets his solo, his aria, which we're going to skip to keep the Pace. time moving mm -hmm. along. But basically says, you know, I'm your man. I serve you. Mm -hmm. I want to help in any way yep. we can. And we want to listen now to Ilya. We haven't heard from her in a long time. She's been watching all of this. Okay. Um, and this is probably like, are you sitting down? She's going to sing to Idomeneo. Well, I've lost my father. I am going to now think of you as a father. So she's kind of getting over stuff. Uh-huh. Kind of getting over it all. And she's trying to reconcile herself to her new life. Uh-huh. And possibly ingratiate herself with the king. And the king, meanwhile, can barely hear any of all yeah, of this. Yeah, he's got a lot on his mind. He's not really like embracing her mm -mm. real. He's not She's like, "Hi, I just want to have coffee and pick your brain." <laughs> Exactly. And he's like, I I'm busy. 
(laughs) That's exactly how this scene plays out. (laughs) All right. Well, so let's get let's get back to the music, Pat. Yes, let's do that. So this is "Se il padre perde." If I have lost my father, and this is Ilya asking King Idomeneo if she can be sort of like a daughter to him. Mm -hmm. And if you've just tuned in, you're listening to Opera for Everyone on eighty nine one KHOL.
You're listening to Opera for Everyone on 89.1 KHOL, and we've just heard Ilya making her plea to Idomeneo, the title character of the opera by Mozart. That's right. And he's not really, yeah, it's like, yeah, whatever is basically his response. Mm -hmm. She's (laughs) like, hey, can I, can we go for coffee? I'll pick your brain. And he's like, "Mm -hmm, whatever. So left to his own, he then says, sings to us, says to himself, how her words disturb my mind. Could she perhaps be expressing tender feelings for the prince? Mm -hmm. Yes. (laughs) Perhaps that explains her feelings of love and joy and hope, given her situation. Mm -hmm. And he says, you know, if I'm not mistaken, I think their love is mutual. So he's recognizing little by little. What's going on. What's going on. Mm -hmm. But he's still. He's got to kill his son because. The Neptune. Yes, in fact, he puts it all together and he says, Neptune, you terrible, terrible god, by requiring this one sacrifice, you're actually going to kill three people. The one who's pierced with a knife, Mm -hmm. the father who mourns for him. And the woman who loves him. Exactly. Mm. So that's pretty heart-wrenching. So where are they at with their plot to send him away to somewhere else, to Argos? Uh, Preparations are being made. Okay, so he's going to Argos with Electra. Oh, yeah. She's all psyched about that because she's got like a several-day boat journey where she can just be like, So, Edamonte, what do you think of my hair like this? Exactly. In fact, she will say to him, Sire, I learned from our bache that you have a great voyage planned for me to be accompanied accompanied by your son Mm. and she says now your mercy is inspiring me and my period of mad rebelliousness will end i love i'm in love i'm in love and it's all working out great and she is going to sing this wonderful song not a rage aria not a rage aria an aria of joy what sweeter pleasure than mine was ever felt I leave, and the only being I love and adore, oh, gods, he comes with me. She is beside herself with joy. Mm -hmm. Let's listen to just a little bit of that. Okay. Because we're going to hear her unhappy again later. Let's get to hear her happy just for a moment. Electra has, it's tough for her. She's got a lot of ups and downs. It seems like a fabulous role, actually. Okay, so this is um, Electra in uh, Idomeneo, and she is singing... Chi mai del mio provò piacere più dolce. Here we go. What sweeter pleasure than mine was ever felt.
Well, that's Electra, and all is happiness in Electraland. She sounds happier. She's very happy. I like Electraland. That sounds... Was that a thing? Um, I just said it. I don't know. (laughs) And shortly after that, we have a trio, not a common thing, in opera seria. Uh-huh. But Mozart knew how that to Mozart. write her voices. So this is this is a really fun little trio mm-hmm. because we're going to have Electra singing in this mood. Mm-hmm. Oh, happy, happy, happy. I'm mm-hmm. about to go on a voyage, mm-hmm. getting this guy I really like mm-hmm. away from the woman that he seems, you know, I can give me some time with him. It'll all work out. Yep. Mm-hmm. And we have Idamante saying, I don't know why my father doesn't like me and he's sending me away, but I'm obedient, so I guess I'll do it. Poor Monte. Yeah, it's kind of rough. He yeah. just pouts, kind of looking sad He's just like a sad resigned. puppy. Yeah. Aww. It's true. It's true. And Idomeneo, not real convinced that he's going to be able to outwit the gods, is just full of fear and concern and grief at what he did that cause this whole situation to exist. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so there so imagine like just compare Electra's feelings to Idomeneo's feelings. I mean, this is kind of an interesting little blend of what's going on. Oh, and they're going to sing together and, and that's going to be And they're all going to sing on top of each other. It's going to be fun. Let's listen to this. This is Before Leaving, Oh God. Prima di partire, oddio.
are listening to Opera for Everyone on 89.1 KHOL. And on today's episode, we are listening to Idomeneo by Mozart. Yes, we are. And we just heard a lovely trio with everyone expressing different emotions. But my goodness, didn't those voices blend nicely? Yeah, that was lovely. And right at the end, did you hear that big burst, burst in from song. the chorus? Mm-hmm. Well, they have something important that they would like to say to us. Are they excited? They're scared. Oh, is there a storm? What new terror? The god's fury has churned up the sea. Neptune, have mercy. Neptune is angry. Uh Oh, because he knows that they're plotting. Yes, in fact, not only is there a storm, but there's a sea monster. (laughs) Oh, gosh, really? Yeah, Neptune is sick to the dogs on them. The sea dogs. Yeah, there's a terrible sea monster. And you may laugh, but it's not pretty. Well, I know. <laughs> Monsters are scary. It's not pretty at all. And the people are terrified. Why is Neptune mad at us? Who is to blame? Who is trying to thwart Neptune? Mm-hmm. See where we're going here. Mm-hmm. Yes, you They're do. all going to stand around and point the finger at each other. Yes, yes, yes. And in fact... In this final bit of Act 2, Idomeneo is going to have to fess up. The king is going to have to say, I am the guilty one. He is a cruel god, but I'm the one he's mad at. Punish me alone. God Neptune, let your wrath fall on me and let my death satisfy you. So let's hear just a little bit of this. Okay, so this is... Idomeneo, asking Neptune to take him. Ecoti in me, barbaro nume, il reo. Here he is, cruel god. In other words, take me, punish me. Barbaro nume, il reo.
Well, I don't speak Italian, but I could hear him screaming about the injustice. Injustasare. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Could you hear that? And he is standing up. You know, he's kind of been just sad and downtrodden and upset the whole time. And he's he's reared up and he's like, I am a king. Listen up, Neptune. You're being a bad god. You're a baddie. You're being a bad god. Be a good god. Punish me if you need to punish someone. Don't take an innocent mm-hmm. victim. Because if you do, that is injustice. Right. That you do seems not deserve reasonable. Him. He's setting it down the law the way he sees it. I was like, I love him. He's innocent. Have your revenge on me if you He's must. He's the future. That's exactly what. And now the chorus is going to come in to end the act, just as they did in Act 1. And they are, needless to say, very upset. There's a sea monster grabbing people off the shores and in the little villages. And Mm. they are distraught. Our king has offended Neptune, and he has put us in peril. So that's not good either. No, there's going to be like a revolt. And now it's time for the intermission. Champagne. (laughs) More champagne. And we're back for Act 3, the final act. (laughs) Everyone stretch. Where do we begin? Yes. Well, interestingly, while this sea monster is ravaging the coast of Crete, leaving carnage in his wake, and he is leaving carnage in his wake, we have Ilya with a quiet moment to reflect on the fact that she's deeply in love. And that he's going to leave. Does she know that he's going to leave? Well, Neptune has made the seas rather inhospitable. Oh, so she's like, so the he's journey is postponed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so she has more time. The journey is postponed, and so she's thinking about how how much she loves him. And right on cue, Edamante is going to come and say, "Princess, if I dare to offer myself to you, I ask for your forgiveness because I fear I am going to die soon." Because he has made a resolution to himself that this problem with the sea monster killing all the people of Crete... Is his fault. He's going to go solve it. No, he's not taking responsibility. Oh, he's going to go fix it. He's going to go fix He's going to go slay the monster. Let's not all just wring our hands and oh, cry see, I and thought, wail. I thought that he was just like a, a distraught, my dad doesn't love me, so... There's a problem. He, and he dug deep and he's going to try and exactly, win exactly. his father's love by slaying the monster. Exactly. Yeah, we see him pouting a lot because of the whole father thing, but like that would break your heart no matter who you were, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and people have commented that Mozart himself had a bit of a fraught relationship with his own father. Ah. But we'll leave that alone for right now. That's another. <laughs> that's another. It's another movie. It's another story. It's a different podcast. <laughs> And yeah, Idiomante has decided he's going to go, you know, he's either, he's probably going to die, but he's going to die in an effort to do the thing that a leader of people should do, mm-hmm. which is save them from peril. Mm-hmm. And so he's going to be a good, a good leader in that way. And he just wants to express his love to Ilya before he goes. And she's quite happy to hear that as well. And we're going to listen to a little bit of their duet that they mm-hmm. sing together. I love um, duets. I, I love duets, Especially too. when they're about love. This is a love duet. In fact, they're going to basically say, you are my husband, you are my wife, and let our love be known.
you've just tuned in, you're listening to Opera for Everyone on 89.1 KHOL. I'm Keely Heron. I'm Pat Wright. And Pat, where are we in the action of Idomeneo by Mozart? Well, the Cretans are being eaten by the sea monster. <laughs> and, and we have... A, um, <laughs> oh, yeah, oh, I know, it's sad. It's very sad. And we have a, a moment where the two lovers declare their love for each mm-hmm. other freely. I'm your husband, you're my wife. Exactly. And we are about to move into what's probably, if not the most famous song from the opera, many people will point to it as the most significant song from the opera, which is really showing Mozart's genius and willingness not to follow the rules, Wow, which were very much rules for opera seria. Mm-hmm. Um, and he did it a little bit with the trio before, but this is a full-on quartet. And we're going to have Electra, we're going to have Idomeneo, we're going to have Idamante and Ilia all singing together. And it's fantastic. I will go on my wanderings alone. Andro Ramingo e solo. Yes. And she says, I will seek death elsewhere until I find it. He, and he's getting ready to go off and do what needs to be done in a king-like way and mm-hmm. slay the dragon, as it were. But he's asked his father... I have one request of you before I go off and do this. Will you grant a request to your subject? And he's sort of given up calling him father. Oh, right, yeah. He says, why do you flee from me? Why do you hate me? Why do you shun me, father? Mm-hmm. So, again, people are marshalling their courage here at this stage of the opera. The king is marshalling his courage mm-hmm. against the Neptune. The gloves are off. Yeah, yeah, like, I've got nothing left to lose here. And he just says, you must go. You must leave your native shore and flee from here. Like, okay, I will obey your command because that's your right to command me. And Elia says, I will follow you because I love you. And Idamante says, no, live, live in peace. You stay here. You stay safe, my love. And he says, I will go on my wanderings alone. And that's the name of this quartet. And... Idomeneo is still trying to negotiate with Neptune in this quartet. Take my life, Neptune, not his. Electra is not She just too... wants to marry Idamante. Right, but she's just seen this tender moment between Ilia and Idamante. So Electra's not happy. Oh. Yeah, more rage from Electra. Mm-hmm. Okay. She's not happy at all. And they're all, when they all come together and sing the same words, they're going to say, I cannot suffer anymore. Such great grief is worse than death. A harsher fate, a greater punishment no one ever suffered. Let's listen to some of this very famous quartet. Oh, 
Well, for everybody saying how much they're suffering, that sure is some gorgeous music. Yes, we have Mozart to thank for that. Thank you, Mozart. Thank you, Mozart. All right, carrying on with the plot. We have a bit of plot. We're doing the famous opera for everyone. Race to the finish. That's us. Okay. So we're going to have the high priest opine about what is going on here. Mm -hmm. He's the high priest for Neptune. He's like, there's a sea monster. Everybody's sad. What's going on? Well, if somebody's going to talk truth to power, it's going to be the priest talking to the king. And he's going to say, look around you, sire. See what devastation the monster has wrought in your noble kingdom. And he's going to get really rough. Behold the pools of blood in the public streets. At every step, you will see someone groaning, giving up the ghost from a body swollen with black poison. Yeah, he's not pulling any punches there. He's He says, I myself have seen thousands upon thousands swallowed alive in that immense and hideous belly. Wow. He's like, get real, buddy. If you need to provide a sacrifice to Neptune. Now's the time. Now's the time because thousands of your people have died because you're dragging your feet. And, you know, needless to say, the king feels badly about all this. Not Mm -hmm. that he's done it. And he says, okay, people, I've got to tell you why I haven't done it yet. Because the victim is my son, Idamante. And, you know, the chorus explodes into, oh, terrible vow. And because they, they have known that that is the reason why he's, he's not, not carrying out. taking action. Exactly. Exactly. And Edomenea once more speaks directly to Neptune. King of the sea, Neptune, receive our prayers. Abate your anger and abate your severity. And priests also join in with these prayers And he's pleading with everything he's got out of love for his son and for his people. Please, please accept our heartfelt penitence. Please be merciful. And people point out in this opera, just as a reminder, this is the 18th century, Mm -hmm. late 18th century. Mm -hmm. And I know it's on the tip of your tongue. You're saying, hey, Pat, that's the Enlightenment, isn't it? I was just going to say that, actually. I was like, it's. That we're just about to come to the Enlightenment, Pat, so things have to change. Things have to change. And this, this, the individual dignity, the people being able to speak up for themselves, Mozart is pulling a little bit of that into this Greek myth. And he is definitely toying with this Greek myth a bit. But remember I said he, he messed around with the librettist a lot. Yep. He got his mm-hmm. way. He's Mozart, even if he is 25 when he's writing this. So incredible. But Idamante hears all of this finding out that he's supposed to be the victim, the, sac- the sacrificial victim. Mm-hmm. Anita Monte, being an obedient good boy. He's like, it's okay, I'll be the victim. Exactly. And he prepares himself for sacrifice. And so Idamante prepares himself, puts himself in position to have his head lopped off. Ugh. His father's holding a sword. And he's like, father, why do you keep delaying? Your Your pity is useless. This is what needs to be done. And so... I mean, it's this amazing scene where the son is just like, you got to do this. Mm-hmm. You got to do this. And at the critical moment, yes. The sea monster comes out of the sea and eats <laughs> Edamante. Oh, I forgot to mention, Edamante uh, slew the sea monster. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm sorry. I know. Race yeah. to the finish. We're... Race to the finish. You forget things right. like a dead okay, sea monster. Sea monster's dead. Sea monster's dead. Edamante he presents like, okay, himself for sacrifice. Kill me. 
And um, then what happens? And we hear noises and the <gasps> statue of Neptune oh. shakes and the oracle speaks and the voice says, love has conquered. Idomeneo shall cease to be king. Idomante and Ilia shall reign. Neptune will be appeased, heaven contented, and innocence rewarded. So innocence and love are being rewarded. Ah. And Idomeneo, his punishment, as it were, is that he has to step down as king and he let has his to son abdicate. ascend to the throne. And let his son become king. And, and the, the, you know, it's, it's interesting. The oracle even is very clear. Now, listen, Letra, don't you get any ideas? Right. Ilia is to be his wife. Right. Right. So, you know, this is the god steps in to solve the problems. So this is literally deus ex machina. Indeed, it is. And once that happens, everybody's happy. Everybody's happy except for? Electra. Yeah, and she... Sings another rage aria. Yes, and this is the one that is called the, the madness aria, the one Ooh. where she goes mad. So she... The madness of Electra, isn't that a thing? Okay, I just made that up. <laughs> I mean, I mean, she does go mad in the... I mean, she's she's driven crazy by grief over what her mother has done for her father in the other stories. So, I mean... One could say she was predisposed, but she's mm -hmm. had kind of a rough go she of She has a little post-traumatic stress disorder, and she's <laughs> yes, predisposed yes. to... And, and he just goes in, and she, she, she is just saying, I, I've, I, I can't stand it anymore. I'm losing my mind. This is terrible. And this is, she just descends into madness, and she's done. She appears to die. I don't know if she just faints, but she's finished after this. Her character this is done. She's gone. They carry, they literally exit stage left. Six men carry her off stage, and Idomeneo happily says, I am giving my people my last command. I announce peace. This is your new king. Follow his orders. Be good, loyal subjects to him. And he sings about peace, returns to my heart, and the general rejoicing of the people where we have the, the coupling up of Ilia and Idamante. And they are now to be reigning, the new generation, those who have been peaceful and loving. And mm -hmm. Idomeneo is relieved beyond words. Because mm -hmm. now um, he can just go and like drink gin and tonics and sit by the water. Exactly. Exactly. And we seem to have forgotten about all those thousands who were swallowed by the sea monster mm -hmm. because there is general rejoicing by the chorus who will sing descend love and hymen descend juno to the royal pair may the goddess of marriage forever instill the spirit of peace in their souls after all the opera was a commission for the court and we end on a high note by bringing peace joy happiness love marriage stability to the royal pair and that's where our attention focuses at the end and that's where our story ends. Yes. And they lived happily ever after. Without a doubt. All right. And we go out on the that, chorus. On the chorus. Rejoicing. Hooray.
Thanks for listening to another episode of Opera for Everyone. I'm Keely Heron. And I'm Pat Wright. If you like what you hear, please subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or SoundCloud. And like our Facebook page, Opera for Everyone, where you can also send us a message. We know that opera can be challenging. But everyone loves a good story. And a story set to music is even better. That's why our mission is to make Opera opera for for everyone. everyone.